faith is something very significant that we need to touch on again because without faith it's impossible to please God and so we should never get tired of hearing about how to live by faith all right now I have to say that because I've been here now almost 15 years and some of you have been here with us for quite a while yourself and, um, you know, you start saying words that a lot of times are like, oh, I know the subject. Okay, you may have a knowledge base, but that doesn't mean you're operating in a knowledge base. Okay? And so you got to understand that when it comes to God, uh, we need to be in a constant position that we are desiring to hear him so faith is activated in us. All right? Because we know faith uh, is some, some great things or there's some definitions concerning the God kind of faith, right? That's one who is firmly pers- uh, established. You know, we are to be firmly established in faith. We are to continue in faith. We are to stand firm in faith. We are to fight the good fight of faith. We are to contend for the faith. We are to endure in faith. So all of us are ones who are firmly established or should be firmly established in faith. We are ones who should continue in. That means when it doesn't look like it's there, you do it. I love what Pastor Mike did um, sometime last year, I believe it was, and uh, he was ministering to you guys in the congregation, I think when I was out of, the t- out of town, and he was talking about, uh, you know, enduring, persevering, continuing, you know, continue to move forward, and, and he says, listen, Moses waited for 40 years to get into a promised land that God had already given him. I mean, surely we can't get discouraged if we haven't seen the mall naturally come into our possession yet. Amen. Because we're in a new and better covenant. And God has timing. Can I say that? God has some timing. In fact, when God needs to do some real supernatural things, he's not rushed to do it any sooner than when he chooses to. Because when he does, it has such a collateral effect that it goes way beyond the fact that he just did something. Are you with me? You know, when God began to do certain things uh, in, in, in the Word of God, when Jesus was around and he would perform certain miracles, it had a literal collateral effect when it took place. Are you with me? It didn't happen any earlier or later, but when the gifts of the Spirit got in operation, because again, you can believe God for healing. There's a covenant right to that. But there are this thing called the gifts of the Spirit, and we know one of them is the gifts of healing, or the working of miracles, you don't get that without the Holy Ghost deciding when. Now, again, you say, well, he should always be willing. He is always willing to heal, and you personally can receive healing on your own, but where the gifts of healing get into effect is something bigger than just the one they're healing. It have a domino effect that all of a sudden it will cause multitudes to show up because that person got changed. Are you with me? Okay. So when God's doing certain things very specific, it becomes a very a domino effect. Again, let's look at the walls of Jericho. You understand that thing was fortified. Israel's been running around for 40 years out there. They were actually afraid of them because they heard about 40 years earlier how, what they did to Egypt. And now here they are. But they ain't laying down and saying, take, we'll go, you know, get somewhere else. You know, you can have the city. We'll, we'll go to the other side of the Jordan, right? They didn't give up, did they? But you understand this, the minute God brought the wall down with a shout, 
It was a collateral effect through the rest of the promised land. Now, that doesn't mean the people in there didn't fight, but it continued to create this thought process in their minds that God's with them and who's with them will whip us every time. So all they had to do is maintain their righteousness so that they could win every war. And when they did, they conquered the promised land. But what did the Lord even say? He said, now listen, I'm not going to give it to you all at one time. Because if I did, the wild beasts would run over you. There's more of them in this territory than there are you as people. So you're going to have to populate a little bit so we can manage the wildlife. So we need them right now, and you'll continue to take possession as y'all continue to grow and eventually move everyone out. And why did he move them out? Because they were in sin. Okay? You know, God's not in the business of just moving people out of places because I don't like you and I'm taking your stuff. No, the, the earth is the Lord's. Amen? And if you live righteous, then you're there. What's it say? The righteous will inherit the earth. So if you're unrighteous, you're basically not paying your bills. You're going to get an eviction notice. Okay. I'm trying to help you out. See, this just helps you when you're like, I don't understand why these things are happening to these other nations. There's eviction notices happening by the Lord because they're unrighteous on his earth. Okay. So we are ones who stand firm. We are ones who fight. We are ones who contend for the faith. We are ones who endure. And, and all this is very important because in Luke 18, 8, it says this, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, you know, the minute we hear that, that, that statement, we ought to go, what? Because there's an indication maybe he won't. And if you're breathing in 2019, you don't want to be a part of the society that Jesus would return to and maybe not find it. Now, it didn't say he wouldn't find it. It just says, when he comes, will he find it? And I want to be able to say, if you come when I'm here, yes, Lord. Yes. Amen. Now, we've got to then live the faith God says we are to live, not what we fabricate as faith. All right? And so we got to go with the God kind of faith. All right? And so with that being said, let's look at some things concerning faith. In Romans chapter 10, verse 8, and you know as well as I do, faith is the currency of the kingdom, okay? I'll continue to bring that up because faith causes the unseen to come into the scene. No different than if I have some currency from my nation and I go and, and make an exchange with whatever place or whatever that value is or whatever I can make an exchange and, and transform that currency into whatever item I'm desiring. Well, when God puts a word in me and, and says, you need to believe for this or this is what you're believing for, this is what you can have, my faith then is the currency that exchanges to get his word to be real in my life, okay? And so in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, it says, but, but what saith it? This is the King James Version. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. Okay? Which we what? Preach. Which we what? Preach. What? But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. That means it's near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we Preach, And then we jump down to verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing 
by the word of God. Notice it does not say faith comes by, by having heard when I was a child in Sunday school. Faith cometh by having heard last Sunday. Faith cometh. What did he say in, 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 when they were in the wilderness? He said, I tested them with the bread or the manna. He said, because I wanted them to learn, man shall not live on bread alone, but out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And what was that manna? It was a portion each day. You consume it that day, and then it, if you tried to bring that word over into the next day, it was rotten. I said it was rotten. The only time it got an extra day was on the Sabbath where you didn't have to go pick up. You were resting just to be thankful for all that God has provided for you, and you're keeping yourself in remembrance of that, and it was able to carry over an extra day so you can get you know, those two days, and then you were back out uh, on the first day again pulling that daily. And we should be that with God, where we are, 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 are in his word daily. If you're not in it daily, then you can't stay in the position to hear. And if you're not staying in the position to hear, then you can't expect to have faith. Listen, there's a whole nother position that we should be living other than if I die, I go to heaven. Most are believing just from that position or living from that position. Well, when I die, I go to heaven. But my question is, what are you in faith for today? The Bible says to go from faith to faith. Do you, I mean, you go from paycheck to paycheck. Now, I'm not saying you live paycheck to paycheck. I'm just saying you are accumulating a currency each time it comes. Nobody is living off of, you give me that, now that's all I have the rest of the time. Now, if you say, well, if you gave me enough, I could live on it. Well, but the reality is somebody had to grow it to give you that amount then. So basically, you want somebody to give you something that they grew, and then you just sit and use up in your lifetime. But the reality is with God is God is not going to let you use him. He's working with you. All right? It's a relationship thing. It's not about, listen, you got me in your heart. Now do whatever you're going to do. Doesn't really matter to me. I, you know and I know that when you die, you get to come and be with me. And that's all that matters. That's not all that matters. What matters is, is that God is in you and now you can hear him. And every day, be in a position of faith. Because here's the thing. You're in faith as long as you don't see what it is you're believing. You're in faith. Now, faith is the sum of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if you've not seen it yet, you have to have that word for today. Amen. And you've got to be believing now. Hallelujah. The minute you get it, that faith project's over. Because the currency's been exchanged, God's brought it into the natural, you now have it, you're not believing for it anymore, and now you got to ask, Lord, what do I believe next? And you begin to hear him to get the next project or the next thing that you are to stand. I mean, how quick could God come if we would all just start really living by faith? Now, the problem with living by faith is it's uncomfortable. Because it, make, it, it stretches our natural. We no longer can basically be in control. We have to yield control to him. 
and say, we trust you in taking us in a direction. Are you with me? Because again, faith coming by hearing or the word of God being spoken is God speaking to us. First. That's why we say the Bible is God speaking to you. Okay? So the word here in, in um, Romans chapter 10, verse 8, where it says, you know, the word of faith, that word word is the, is the Greek word rhema. Which properly, that which has been uttered or has been uttered by a living voice. So it's that which is or has been uttered by a living voice, things spoken the word. Any sound produced by the voice having a definite meaning. Okay? A series of words joined together into a sentence. Right? But it's by hearing it. Okay, another word for rhema is that which is spoken, that which is uttered in speech or writing. So the significance of, of rhema, as distinct from logos, which is another Greek word for uh, word, is exemplified in the unction to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's e Ephesians 6, 17. Here, the reference is not to the whole Bible as such, but to the individual scripture which the Spirit brings to our remembrance for use in time of need. So here in Romans chapter 10, 8, it says it's that word of faith which we preach, so then faith comes by hearing. Faith is the scripture that the Holy Spirit, which is one of his assignments, is to cause all things to come to your remembrance, is to now say, this is the scripture you use for this time of need. Now, the problem is, as Pastor Marcy got by the Spirit today, is too often we'll default to scriptures we know. Okay, let me go. Now, in healing, he might not want you to go to uh, uh, Peter's account. Maybe there's another one that he wants you to hear and be in faith with. But too often, we just basically will look at, a, at the Bible if we've been around church long enough, and we'll say, well, I'm going to use these. And then we'll quote them and confess them and say we're in faith, but yet God literally has it. We don't actually have it alive in us from God saying, that's the one to use. Now, that's pretty intimidating me saying that because at that point, it puts it on us to actually spend time with God and say, which one am I supposed to use in this occasion? Because it's easier to leave God out and just have his word. In the context being disconnected from his voice. It's like a letter, I'm going to use this. And we know it's alive. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying our intimacy with God continues to have to grow. So I don't always quote the same scripture in any situation. I'm typically in prayer and praying in the spirit saying, what do you want me to say about this? I have more conversations with God about what you want me to say about this than I am just saying what I know he could say about it. Because again, let's just take healing for, a, for a, uh, an example. There were more than one way he healed. So how can we just default to one thought process when God moved in different ways? So how are you doing this? Because I do know this, I'm healed. That's not whether I'm going to get it. I have it. 
The question is, what are you breathing on me? What am I hearing? Right? Like the old uh, commercial, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I mean, God's really trying. Can you hear me now? Because we're not. You need to hear me now because faith is now. And that means it's an inspired word of God. Do you understand? When you read the word, it ought to be like, what? Wow. God just talked to me right there. It penetrated your spirit. Sure, I read the Bible every year, like hopefully most of you do. And I get into certain books and I'm like, you know, I don't actually hear God saying, you want to hear about this? He's not talking to me about that. But I've gotten into some passages and all of a sudden he'll start saying, yeah, did you see that? And I'm like, what? Are you serious? This happened just this week. We've started over. I got into Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, got into chapter 3, and I was reading through 3 again. I'm thinking, what? Are you serious? And the Lord's peeling more back. And he's breathing on me. He's conversing. He's causing me to have faith in areas of relationship based upon his conversation. Are you with me? Okay. So we've got to then, if hearing is the doorway to faith, because hearing is access. Hearing is not faith. Hearing's not faith. Hearing's the doorway to faith. Faith comes by hearing. Okay, if faith comes by hearing, then how could you conclude to not be, number one, personally in the word, daily, and number two, ignore the assembling of yourself together and coming to church and hearing the word being preached to you by the fivefold ministry that God gave as gifts to you so that you can hear and be equipped. Let that sink in for a moment. If hearing's access, then every time you willfully choose to stay home on a service night, you're saying, I don't want to hear. I mean, if hearing is that, if we are to live by faith, why would we not want to be? I mean, the world is sold out to work. Because they know if I'm working, I'm getting Okay, but if you're hearing, if you're hearing, you're going to get paid. If you have ears to hear, at least if you're hearing, you have access to something. If you'll have ears to hear, and then once he starts talking, you say, now I'm going to do that. Because now doing is what activates your faith and causes it to actually show up. Are you with me? Okay. So hearing is very important. Well, God said a few things about hearing then, didn't he? John chapter 10, verses uh, 3 through 6. Then we'll jump down to 16. But starting in verse 3, it says, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Leads them out of what? Well, number one, he'll lead you out of all your trouble. Right? I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. And it says, he, the righteous, he delivers them out of all their trouble. And a lot of times we stay in trouble because we've not heard. We're not in a hearing of what we should be believing. Hallelujah. So he goes, when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So who's in front? 
The shepherd is. Obviously, it's the Lord. The Lord should be in front. You shouldn't be like, Jesus, come over here and, 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 and fix this for me. <laughs> right? I mean, that's not how we should be living life. We should be living life like where you, I'm following you. Because if he encounters a problem, guess who's there when the problem's encountered? Jesus encountered the problem before you even got to the problem, which means he's already solved it before you showed up, which means he's already got the way of escape, even though you have encountered it with him now. But you'll never overcome it if you're not there hearing what he's saying. This is why you can never lose the mentality of, I am always teachable. Right? I mean, one great thing about 2018, you know, as Pastor Marcus was ministering through song, you know, let's look back at the faithfulness of God. And we should look back at the faithfulness of God. But another thing we should do about 2018, forget about it. Just forget about it. Forget about it in the context that I want to live. I wish I could. I ain't going back. I thank God for what he did. I thank God for where we overcame. I thank God for what we came through. I thank God for him. He's faithful. But the reality is I'm not living there anymore. I'm moving forward. I forget what lies behind and I press on. The only thing about going back is that when I get to this problem, I can say, he delivered me there, he'll deliver me here. It's the only time I look back. I don't even look back until a conflict shows up and then I'm like, okay, he did it there, he'll do it here. Right? And if there's no conflict, I'm just continuing to move. Because I don't live in the past, I'm living for the future. Yeah. So we're in 2019 now. In 2019, I can't say, well, look all we did. I don't care about it. Let's go on now. Because there's another thing to do. There's more to accomplish. And there's more things to dream. And I don't have to wait for one thing to end before I get my sight set on something else. Are you with me? But I can't say, okay, this hadn't accomplished, so I just don't even think about it. I want to think about something else. Why? You've got to stay in faith. Because you can't abandon your faith. And faith is you got to keep calling. You got to keep thanking. You got to keep acknowledging. It's this way and no other way. That's why when we drive up, thank you, Lord, for 2120 when US one side. Even when I'm not driving up, it just comes to my mind. Like today when I was in prayer, it just came out of the blue. And I just began to verbalize it openly. I confessed it. I said, thank you, Lord, for 2120 US one south. Thank you, Lord, that you're causing it to get into our possession. Minister and spirits go and influence people to give to the ministry so that we can accomplish what you've called us to do, Lord. Hallelujah. And you thank him for it because I can thank him for something I already have. And that when you typically thank somebody, well, thank you. It's because you've already received it. Well, in faith, you know you have it now. Not when you get it, but I got it because your word said it. Okay. Amen. So he goes on and says in verse 5, a stranger will simply, they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 16, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I will bring them also and they will hear my voice and they will become one flock with one shepherd. So hearing is very important. Okay. And so this year, you know, if you haven't picked up your uh, 2019 Bible reading plan and, uh, you know, we did have a little challenge with it. So if you've already picked one up, you're awesome. That's great. Just actually go to Monday first and then jump back. Um, we should have just changed the top part instead of taking the whole column out. All right. And I'm sure you've already figured that out. Um, but we will reprint them and you'll be able to come back and get a corrected copy. Okay. And um, so um, 
um, you know, just want you to be aware of that. I think they, uh, they're, they're, we had an order card stock, so they're not in yet, okay? Uh, but they will be, the old ones will work, or the ones that were misprint, they'll work. Just go over to Monday, even though technically the first wasn't on a Monday, okay? And you'll be fine. All right, in John chapter 12, verse 46 uh, to 50, why do you need to read your Bible every day? Because faith comes by? And again, I understand, we all can get busy, and you're like, well, I'll catch that up. I understand that. And again, you can read something else, miss your Bible reading, at least you're in the Word. I get it. But are you in it? Is, that's the issue. Are you in somewhere to hear? Because if hearing is access to faith, then you should want to keep yourself in a position where you're always hearing what God is saying. Because God will speak through His Word. Now, that's not the only way He speaks. But let me say this. If he speaks outside of you reading his word, whatever is spoken will line up with his word. So the best way for you to not know a stranger's voice is to read the word. More people have gotten off because they want to hear a voice in their head and not actually read the word themselves that's alive. Well, I believe the Lord said that I need a new wife. I don't know the Lord said that. Right? I think the Lord's released me from them. No, I don't think the Lord has because that doesn't line up with Scripture. I, I, you know, I heard the Lord say that he put flu on me to teach me that it wasn't God talking then because it doesn't line up with the Word. I heard the Lord say to me, man, when I was praying, I was in prayer and fasting for three or five days because you're trying to impress everybody, right? That's why you did it. And so, and man, when I came out of there, the Lord said to me that he's taken all my money. He's going to show me what it, it means to be homeless. That way I can minister to homeless people. Nope. He did not say that. He did not say that at all. Now, can you minister to someone if you've gone through something? Sure. Absolutely. Because God can take what the devil meant for bad and turn it for good. But don't give the devil props and think you're more spiritual because the devil stripped you of all your stuff and now all of a sudden you're better because of it. No, God delivered you out of that junk, showed you he was good, he got you out of that mess, and now he's going to give you a testimony. Well, you know, I just wouldn't have been the same person if I wouldn't have went through that. Well, you understand, God, doesn't, God never wanted us to go through any sin. So quit using it as a badge when you go through all this garbage like it's so awesome. Instead, realize there's an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. I will have some challenges. I create challenges when I live according to the flesh and I get myself in that mess, but God is faithful. When I repent, he'll pull me out. And yes, I can look to someone and say, yep, I know what it means to be broke. I know what it means. I got myself there. Why don't you say that instead of saying, God, let me get broke? No. See, this is what happens when you stay in a hearing of reading the word. Okay. Hallelujah. Oh, you know, God's a sovereign God. He is sovereign, meaning his word's final. But that doesn't mean he is sovereignly allowing you to do all the some of the choices you do. You are a free will moral agent. 
You are choosing to go down paths he may have never authorized, even though he knows you're going. And all the while, while you're on it, he's trying to get you off it. And when he gets you off it, you can't say, well, I thank God he let me go down it. He's thinking, I wish you never would have. Amen. No, what's awesome is that Christ lives in me. Not that I was a crap mess. I mean, because now we're just going to have a testimony of who's the worst sinner. Because the one who never sinned actually became all of our sin. How are you going to go against that testimony? So it ain't like honorable that you went, had such a horrific sinful life that God delivered you from. Jesus had a perfect life and took all your junk on. And that's the better testimony. That Jesus says, I live life perfect. I never blew it. I never made a mistake. I never one time sinned against my father. And then I took on your mess. Now that's a good testimony. Way better than, well, I was a drug addict, you know, and I had a bunch of whores and I did this, that, and the other, but God. No, the best testimony is, you know what? I could have been a drug addict, but I wasn't because I chose to follow God. I could have been a fornicator, but I did. I could have been a drunkard, but I did. I could have been, but God spoke and I came out long before I got in. Why, why are we re not rejoicing in that stuff? Oh, Bob, because the, the enemy has done a good job making a narrative in the world that when you go through garbage stuff and come out, that means you're a hero. When the testimony really is the devil tried to kill you and God bailed you out, but God sustained all kind of people that never got in messes. Why are we not glorifying those things? Amen. Okay. So, John 12, 46 to 50 says, I have come as light to the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. Will not remain in darkness. If anyone hears, if anyone what? Hears. hears. Notice these are not words like heard, if they heard about me. No, it's about hearing. Hears. These are present tense actions. Okay. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him. Wow, did you hear that? What? Let me read that again. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to the world, come to judge the world, but to save the world. What? Okay. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For he... For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. But let's read it in context now, verse 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings, which means I heard it. So going back to the previous verse, they heard my sayings, but they didn't do them. Jesus said, I'm not going to judge them, but what will judge them? He said, he who rejects me and does not receive my saying has one who judges him, the word I spoke is what will judge him in the last day. So Jesus is not like, hey, I'm not judging you. What I said and you heard, that will judge you. I'm not judging you, but what I said and you rejected, that is what will. That's why I've said from the platform, I've said this multiple times, that when I right now am your defense attorney, 
Okay, I am doing everything to argue your case so that you can get out of the mess you're in. And I'm letting you know of the provision that is for you. You need to make a deal. You need to do a plea deal right now. You don't need to go to trial. What you need is you need to do a plea bargain right now. And Jesus is the plea bargain. He wants to acquit, acquit you of your crime, of your trespass. And he's going to give you a deal. It's his blood. But if you reject what I'm saying, Jesus isn't the one going to judge you. The words that you heard when you could have been off because I was defending you, when I, we get in heaven, those words will become a prosecuting attorney and will put you in the place you desire to go called the second death, the lake of fire. Because God will allow. Did you hear this? And you, you it, I mean, it's not going to work. I didn't hear nothing. No, I didn't. I don't, I don't remember hearing that. Then he'll open up your heart. He'll have all your gone inside conversations, just like you're doing right now. I mean, most of y'all talk so much, I don't even know how you hear me in the first place. I know I don't hear you, but you're talking in your mind constantly. What's he saying? Is that really? Man, I'm hungry. Are we going to Chick-fil-A after this? All those conversations. What are we doing for work tomorrow? All those other conversations you carry on your head hinder you from hearing. Yeah. I need to get my kids home. They're probably tired. Is he going to keep preaching? <laughs> right. I understand. I mean, I don't say it all the time, but I know. I know you're talking in your brain. I know you're mulling through. And I, the ones I always hear the loudest are the religious ones. When the Pharisees start going. And then usually the Lord ends up making me stay on places when that happens. Because he addressed those. Okay, I know what you're saying. Let me just go ahead and say this. That happened more than one time. Now, I don't always say, thus saith the Lord, because sometimes it's just perception, you know, and it is still God, and we're saying it and discerning it and moving forward. You'll go a lot better if you come in and say, I'm hungry to hear. I got ears to hear today. I'm going to get rid of all the other voices in my mind. There's only one I'm going to hear, and it's the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the, great she the chief shepherd. So when pastor begins to speak the word and communicate it, I'm going to say, what is he saying, Holy Ghost? Help me understand that. Give me revelation of that. I need to hear this. Why? Because I need faith to rise up. I don't want you to show up, and I'm not in faith. Like business owners that sit out in the congregation and say, and I, when I say this, I'm saying in general because I've been in multiple places. He really don't have anything to say to me because you understand he didn't know my net worth. You don't know my net worth. I'm not talking finance either. I'm talking spiritual net worth. That I was on an assignment by God. Amen. Because there's a lot of things naturally, people would not do, but God will bring it to pass. And we'll help navigate you through issues and situations in life that if you can actually not trust in your own ability, but in his ability. Verse 49, Jesus, for I do not speak... On my own initiative. But the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. Hallelujah. You know, I heard the Lord say this to me today. 
He just reminded me. You understand? I get things all the time, but I don't always remember, and they just show up when it's applicable. Can I just say that? I mean, if I sit around and told you everything I heard it all the time, and we'd be talking for a while, potentially. And sometimes I don't hear nothing yet because he's not talking. But I heard the Lord say, he says, unfortunately, the church today is having some issues like Nehemiah's book. That he went back there, rebuilt the wall, put the Levitical priesthood back in place so that they could, you know, begin to do the things necessary for the nation. But the people wouldn't bring the giving. So what's the priest have to do when giving doesn't show up? They go work. He said the reason why the church is having to get out in business so much is because my people aren't giving. And you know what? Nehemiah did not rebuke the priests. He said, what are y'all doing? He said, um, well, we had to come out here and work the farm because nothing's been given. What? Man, we got to eat too, you understand. Hold that thought. <laughs> A town meeting took place. Okay, well, that's great. January 2nd, we started off good. <clears throat> amen. A lot of great, great, great amens tonight. Good. Hallelujah. I'm just saying, some of you could be in a nut. There's a reason why you're where you're at, and are you believing for something is like, blows your mind. How could I accomplish that? But that's exactly where God wants you, trusting in his word at that place, doing that thing, and then bringing that supply. Because you are where you're at, not because of who you are, or not because Jesus Christ died on a cross. You're where you're at because he died on the cross to insert you in his body, which is the church. You don't even exist without the church. There's not even a life for you outside the church. There isn't. It is a fairy tale. It's magical thinking for you to seriously think that you can succeed and God is okay and you're not committed to an assigned local body. And you're bringing your whole heart to that thing. Hallelujah. But the ones who are hearing what I'm saying right now, you begin to say, I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm at. I know what I can get. God, show me how to live by faith out here so I can bring my whole supply. And I'm not just talking fine. I'm talking your talent. I'm talking your gifts. I'm talking the whole thing. I have met with quite a few people that if I had a doctorate degree in psychology, I would be bank right now. And the words I'm giving are eternal. But I didn't get in here for the bank. I got in here for the call. Because the reward he gives me, you could never pay me enough. That's what, remember our kingdom economics teaching? You know, say you're a millionaire, say you're a billionaire, you're still broke. Because you're a dominionaire. The question is, are you living in your dominionaire status? And the only way you're going to live to a dominionaire status is to live by faith. Yeah. 
which means I got way more than anything that I currently have even shows. And how do I gain access to it by faith? But you understand, it's not for you anyway. It's for what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You're going to be taken care of. Don't worry about what you're going to. The minute that really becomes priority, your whole life will change. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 says this. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice and do not harden your hearts, as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years, therefore I was angry with this generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They do not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brethren, that, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. But we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end, while it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. For who provoked him when they had heard? Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Now, just to let you know, just because we're talking about an old covenant account, it is actually written in a new covenant epistle. And if it's written in a new covenant epistle, that means there's application. Which means just because you're in a new covenant with Jesus doesn't mean you can't harden your heart and not believe. And the first way you're going to harden your heart and not believe is to not show up where hearing is available. Hallelujah. Let me say it this way. Thank you. The Lord just said, listen, Paul was in, in, in a couple of his letters. He said, listen, if anybody ought to have a right to you, it's me. Here's the problem. In our society... Most congregations think that they can have whom they want. You tired of my voice? You turn on Joel Osteen. You tired of that? You turn on, you know, Jensen Franklin. You turn on, you know, um, Jesse Duplantis. Give me another one. T.D. Jakes. Give me another. Kenneth Copeland. Stephen Furtick. But just because you're hearing what they say, they may not be the source by which you should be hearing. But this is our democratic republic affecting the kingdom of God. Because God's not impressed with what we know about him. He wants to be intimate with us. And anything you receive 
is to be deployed. We've said this. The word is a seed. So anything you're receiving, if you're getting something from a minister that's on TV or whatever, then are you actually planting that seed into the place that you're actually living? I'm not saying you can't get a truth from someone. I'm just saying it ought to literally come out at the place because this is what I hear. 15 years now, I've heard a lot. Well, you know, I'm just not getting fed. I'm going to be honest with you. The more people who've said that to me, literally, it isn't a not getting fed issue as much as is they're not hearing issue. Now, that doesn't mean they're in churches that aren't feeding more because some are just feeding salvation. And there's more than salvation, guys. So don't get me wrong. I understand there's a, there is a feeding beyond milk. So you can say, hey, I wasn't getting fed, which means you were getting milk and you realize I got teeth now and I smelled steak somewhere and I'm thinking I might like to try that. And you should. No problem. I love what uh, uh, um, Daryl Huffman said, you know, when he was accused of stealing sheep one time. He said, listen, if you feed your sheep enough, uh, then don't be upset if they get up underneath my fence and they get so fat they can't crawl back up underneath. You hear what I'm saying? So, listen, I'm not saying just because someone has said that, they aren't listening. That is plausible. But in 15 years of ministry, a lot of times when I've heard that from someone, they haven't been here very long. Amen. Do you understand you actually have the capacity to be in the church, not for this reason, God sent me here. <laughs> That's what you should aspire to be. You should aspire to be somewhere because you were sent there. Now, the minute you're sent there, now things are going to be different. Because you'll invest in something you're connected to. Are you with me? So hearing's very important. It's not just hearing. It's the access of hearing. When hearing is happening, a couple of things take place. One, you can harden yourself from it. So in 2019, don't do that. Because again, when God begins to speak, he's not obligated to make it feel good to you. And again, guys, let me just break it in the natural deal so you can digest it better, okay? Because I have to see a few of you gasping in the spirit. What I'm saying is, is that, again, we're coming out of a football season. Coaches are saying, which means the players are hearing, run another one. Now, at the end of practice, running another 40-yard sprint is not what they want to hear, hear nor act on. But for the sake of the team, <laughs> they're going to do one more 40. So when the Lord says, give another 20. Get involved in the children's ministry. <laughs> Amen. Bring coffee to everyone in the parking lot. That's right. Thank you, Eric. 
<laughs> Somebody heard God finally, right? <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that's those stretch moments that when trouble comes, you will be able to endure. The only teams winning today are the ones who can endure. Endurance is a huge factor. I mean, I've seen many teams in the first quarter and second quarter punch people in the mouth. But by the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, they've gotten slow because they don't have endurance. So come down, dance, sing, shout, run. But if you get out and have no endurance, the devil will buy his time to the fourth quarter. Hebrews chapter 2, last context of Scripture, okay? So, hear me now, because that's what hearing does in the things of God. Hear me now, God's saying to us, hear me now, because the minute we hear him now, which is faith is now, can manifest in your life. It's the greatest adventure ever. It's the greatest adventure ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I heard a minister, Hebrews chapter 2, starting in verse 1. I'll get to it here in a second. Uh, Bishop Garraway said this down in Trinidad, Tobago. In, in trying to help train his church to understand that it's okay to have finance. In a nation where 90% of the individuals have nothing and have been taught that if they have anything, they're not with God, and 10% of the nation holds all the wealth. So obviously, they can sing well in their churches, but they're really not making an effect globally because when you don't have anything to go anywhere. So he began to train them. And he began to get them into sowing and reaping. But... He became proficient enough that he would recognize that parts of his body would actually get on and do it, and they would prosper, okay? And they would become millionaires in his church. Now, a millionaire in that, in that nation is about $250,000 annually here, okay? And he would get them to manifest. Well, he would give a project, and he would have to actually restrain his millionaires from giving because he said, I don't want you to give it all to this project because I'm trying to raise everybody else up. Amen. One of the greatest tasks we have to do in hearing, because there are people here that will get with me in faith about certain things. I have to have discernment. Can I even let them get involved with that? Because we may need to raise some others up and the reason why we haven't seen it yet is because they need to get it. And honestly, it's worth waiting for you to go up a level than just have somebody who's already there keep getting it. Because that can create more issues. Look at them prosper. And they're telling you how to do it, but you don't have ears to hear you're just mad at that they seem to can meet any need, but the reality is, and I'm not talking just financial, I'm talking they'll show up, they can teach, they can be where, what's well, because they have given themselves to the whole thing, 
in faith in all aspects of their life. There's not one thing that could be asked of that they wouldn't be willing to do and get in faith with. They've not rised above anything. They've maintained the servant of everything. And they are being so majorly blessed in everything that they're putting their hand to. And what happens is we get people looking across the aisle thinking, how come? Look how they... Well, if you would actually do what they were doing, then you could get what they're getting. But that requires a trust in God. God's not going to automatically give it to you. What he gave you was love. God will... God will give you access to faith. He gives you love. For the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. He gives you access to faith, but you have to have faith. It's not God's faith. It's your faith. Even being born again, it's not God's faith. He gave you access to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. Confess him as your Lord. It's your faith. It's not Jesus' faith. It's your faith that gets you born again. But once you're born again, then he puts the element that causes faith to work. Called love. Because well, that faith works by love. So he gives you the very element that causes every time he gives you something in his saying, it can work in your life. Because what you didn't have was the God kind of love. He gave it to you, and now you can grow that love that he shed in your heart. It can grow in you. It can abound in you. You can continue to cultivate that and, re and get it where it's um, larger, it's more abundant, it's amply supplied. These are why the Pauline prayers are like they are. Why? And it's all a setup so that when you begin to hear God, nothing can hinder your faith. Hebrews 2, 1 and 4 says this, For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away from it. Are you with me? What he's saying here is that, look what it says here. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard, which means I heard some, I need to go back and check in on that. How are you going to pay attention to something you've heard already? You go back to what you heard. So the reason why you got to keep going in the Word. Well, I read the Bible the last year, Pastor. It's done. I finished it. It's not done. It's alive. It's got some more stuff in it this year. It's got some stuff you've never even seen before this year. It's got a whole other conversation with the Lord that you've never even thought about before. It's going to blow your mind this year. You're going to be like, it was in there the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, it was there. My 15th year of reading the Bible through, and it's going to be in there, and I'm going to be like, what? Are you serious? I never saw this 15 years ago. And I'm just talking the time that I literally have taken Genesis to Revelation in a year. Because some of the scriptures I've read decades. And all of a sudden, what? I probably read this thing 10,000 times. And you talking to me about what? So for this reason, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard. And too often we are so casual about. So casual. Your prayer life will not be strong without an understanding of God's word. Period. Your praying in tongues will be a clanging gong without your understanding of God's word. Period.
period. I have been in prayer to the Lord, and emotionally, I'm talking about stuff. And all the while, the Holy Ghost is saying, well, let's look at this scripture. And you, I abandoned the emotions so fast in my prayer life. It's amazing how fast I will abandon emotions. You know, I'll start to want to rant about something, you know, or bring my complaint or something. And the, I, I have literally had times in conversation with the Lord that never make it out of my mouth. Because I already know the answer before I can release it. I could say this, but the reality is I already know. <laughs> so there's really no reason to be emotional about it. I might as well just say what you're saying. I mean, I've taught myself out of complaining so many times. It's amazing. I'm like, well, I mean, what can I really complain about? How can I really be upset about this? It's, what did you say again now? Just tell me. I'm just going to say what you say. Right? I think I sometimes get more disappointed that I can't just say it. But I know if I do, I'm just off. And who wants to willfully just pray off? I mean, I don't. I want answered prayers. I want faith that works and not I'm believing and it never happens. Okay. Closing with this. Verse 2. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedient received a just penalty, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at, at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard, God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So many things are happening in our lives that just always confirm what we are hearing. Let's don't abandon the act of hearing. It is the gate that gives us access to faith, which is the currency of the kingdom, and it causes the unseen to come into the scene.